It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Aha, ha, ha, ha. What it do, baby? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 755 of Locked On Raptors for Sunday, August the 2nd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And on that note, today's podcast is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you're ever going to need at RockAuto.com. More on them a little bit later on in the podcast. Also in this podcast, we are going to talk about the Toronto Raptors beating the LA Lakers 107-92 in their NBA return, at least to, you know, actual non-scribbage games that matter. Uh, Kyle Lowry going off with 33 points. OG Ananobi having a great game. The defense looking incredible, picking up right where it left off. Whole bunch of exciting, good feelings coming out of that one for the Raptors. Also, we're going to dive into a not-so-feel-good story, which has to do with Terrence Davis uh, and some COVID conspiracy stuff he's been pushing on his Instagram, which we need to address as well. Joining me to do all of that and more on today's podcast is our pal. Usually Mondays during you no know, actual basketball times are his time, but because the Raptors play Monday afternoon, felt prudent to get this episode out early. So you're listening to your Monday episode on a Sunday. And joining me for Big V Sunday is Vivek Jacob. What's going on, buddy? Wow, that definitely has a different ring to it. Not, <laughs> not quite the same appeal. Um, but what was appealing was watching the Raptors Ooh. absolutely destroy the Lakers on a Saturday night on national television for all of America to see. And for Kyle Lowry to be leading from the front and for OG Ananobi to basically... You know, win his matchup with LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, boy, there's so much beauty to digest from this game. The Raptors, uh, you know, somehow milking a couple minutes of garbage time out of a game that was tied at 80 with like seven minutes to play. That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's king shit right there. So, Vivek, I will start this podcast off the way we start off all of our game review podcasts. What was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors win over the Lakers on Saturday night? Kyle Lowry is a king. <laughs> Kyle Lowry is just ridiculously good at basketball and the Raptors are going to reap the benefits of him having four months off and looking extremely refreshed and motivated to show that last year was not about just Kawhi and Mm -hmm. that the Raptors have an extremely deep stacked team that can defend anyone uh, in this league and something that was a bit of a pleasant surprise for me, despite, you know, that there were some offensive lulls. We saw, I think it was four shot clock violations, but I still think there were a lot of positives to take away offensively outside of Kyle Lowry's just insane production and OG's awesome shooting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I, I think, you know, we've waited sort of all season. I mean, going into the season, the question was always how good can this team be without Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green? And we never really got that question answered because of the injuries and because we never saw the the, the full roster healthy and together for an extended stretch. And this is potentially, I don't want to get ahead of myself, potentially the first time that we might get to see that. And the first taste of it was extremely good. Yeah, it sure was. I mean, the Raptors starting five playing together again has been a very rare occurrence. Uh, The Raptors were not without an injury scare in this one as Ronda Hellish Jefferson rolled his ankle early on. Only played five minutes in this one. We'll get to the bench a little bit later on. But um, yeah, like that starting five with Kyle sort of orchestrating it all is really damn good. And I mean... Just that was a classic Lowry game in that he just had his finger on the pulse of exactly what the Raptors needed the entire game. You know, the first half, the offense is a little bit sticky. You know, they have a couple beautiful possessions here and there, including that one that has been going around today, the Spurs North looking one, where they swing it around like a dozen times and they have a couple driving kicks and ends up with an OG three in the right corner. Um, you know, that that was great from the first half. But other than that, the first half was pretty stodgy. I mean, as good as the Raptors defense is. The Lakers are also excellent on that end of the floor, and they're crazy long. They rotated quite well, and you know, anytime the Raptors got within range of the basket, there was a Laker there kind of standing in the way, whether it was JaVale McGee or LeBron or Anthony Davis or whoever. Uh, So credit's due to the Lakers on the defensive end, especially in the first half. But I thought in the third quarter, it was really like you could just see Kyle was like, okay, I know exactly what we need. We need to get on the run. We need to get out in the open floor, which is when we do our most effective damage. And he grabbed seven defensive rebounds himself in that quarter in the third. And, you know, they got out and got into it quickly. They, they, you know, they just, there was a couple dunks for OG in transition, a couple, you know, threes on the trail for a couple of guys. And Kyle kind of had his fingerprints all over it, not to mention the 12 points he scored on four or five shooting, including that insane blow by of Anthony Davis in the reverse layup. And then you get to the fourth quarter. And, you know, crunch time comes and what happens? Kyle does the thing that he's done all season long, works pick and roll with Siakam, screens for him. Siakam gets the end one uh, and then Lowry does his own thing and knocks in a couple of huge threes. 
and it's just, you know, he kind of always seems to know exactly the beats of the game that he needs to be a part of and that, you know, whether or not it's him sort of taking the bull by the horns and looking for his offense himself or setting other guys up or just being involved with other guys doing their own work as he was with that screen for Siakam. I mean, he's just a genius. And last night was a perfect example of it. Throughout the entire game, Kyle just, again, had his finger on the pulse and pressed every single right button when it was needed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think Nick Nurse hit on a couple of interesting things last night post game where he was saying that he 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 feels as if Lowry is picking the spots for his individual offense better mm-hmm. than he has in the past. I think um you know, maybe sometimes there there were cases where he was too unselfish. Um and then he also said then Nick Nurse also said that Lowry's finish line just seems to be a lot further away than it used to be just in terms of his stamina, the the zip that he's got, the bounce that he's got, the way it carries the, over the course of the entire game. Now, how much of that is having the four months off? Uh, we don't know, but you know, Nick Nurse says he, he, he doesn't feel like Kyle has, has gotten leggy in about, you know, two years or at least 18 months, which, you know, I think says a lot in terms of you know maybe some of the breakdowns that we've seen in the past Mm -hmm. and i think that's a big factor i think uh his decision making with this team it he he, you you feel as though he recognizes that this is very much his team and i think we saw a bit of this last season when Kawhi would sit right and there was a clear identity for the team when Kawhi would sit and Kyle Lowry would lead the team. And then he'd sort of back away when Kawhi was in the lineup and defer. And now again, it's very much his team. You know, I still stand by, you know, there's been a lot of NBA discussion, all NBA team discussion this past week. Uh, I do think Kyle Lowry has been the best player on the team this year, not Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. Uh, as good as Siakam has been, if if I had a vote, it would be Kyle Lowry getting, you know, the third team All NBA vote, not Siakam. Um, and again, this is not to slight Siakam in any way. I just think that's how good Kyle Lowry has been. Um, and then the same way, you know, we talk about the difference that Chris Paul makes to OKC. You know, the impact that Kyle Lowry makes on the Raptors. Uh, you know, it's. It's just incredible. And and I think another guy that's important to touch on here is Marcus All. Yeah. You know, again, I think it was Eric Kareem that pointed it out. The Raptors had a defensive rating of 60.8 when he was on the court, <laughs> which is just stupid. I mean, when you think about the fact that he's, you know, pretty much on the court for the majority of, you know, those 25 minutes that he was on the court, you're expecting LeBron and Anthony Davis to be on the court for those minutes. And so 60.8 uh, against a LeBron led offense is just insane. And then, you know, the 23 minutes that he was off, the Lakers had, had an offensive rating of 117. Mm-hmm. They were, there were three for 10 in the restricted area when, he was on the court. They were 12 for 16 in the restricted area when he was off the court. And I think that highlights two things. Not, uh, not only how in sync the Raptors are when he's on the court to just, you know, contest at the rim, but also 
the fact that it's just tough to get to the rim when he's on there. He just deters opponents in a different way. You don't think of him as a traditional rim protector that's out there blocking shots. But when you see Marcus all out there, there were a couple of plays uh, that, that I clipped in my OG piece, but there were a couple of plays where you could see it was pretty much LeBron's looking over and Gasol's ready with the help. And it's like, all right, man, I'm just going to shoot this jumper because I'm not going <laughs> in to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, he's not like the f- imposing physical beast that like a Gobert or a Joel Embiid is, but he has the same effect in that he's a deterrent and then anything around the basket has to be earned. And the things that Gasol is able to accomplish without literally ever jumping is like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like even just like, you know, little attempted putbacks and stuff for for bigs like Dwight Howard or Anthony Davis last night, they w- they came at a cost. They would either, they would miss them or they would make them and it was really difficult and so you know it's you know the numbers speak for themselves that 60.8 defensive rating is stupid I just pulled up the numbers for the Raptors starting lineup this season yesterday was only the 18th time they've played together which is insane Uh, they're 13 and 5 in those games and that lineup has a plus 14.6 net rating with a 99.8 defensive rating and I mean it's not surprising that that lineup is shutting everybody down and Marcus Gasol is central to all of that in addition to all of the other extremely good defenders on the team including OG Ananobi, who we are going to talk about next, as he uh, just was amazing last night, winning a matchup with LeBron James and doing it pretty decidedly as well. We're going to get to that in just a second, but first I want to tell you about CBDMD. Look, it's a stressful time for everybody. For me, I know sports coming back, while it's exciting and fun, has also made it so all my days are a lot harder and heavier, and they, they, I they do a lot more work right now than I was in previous months. And sometimes at the end of the day, I just need some help to get through it and to tone down and, and just get through the day. And it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay-at-home parent, a sports podcaster, or you spend eight hours of, of your day in an uncomfortable chair. Everyone needs support to make it through the day. Luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup, and recharge when life gets chaotic. CBD Freeze with Menthol, with Menthol that is, is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy-to-use roller or a shareable squeeze tube. CBD Recover combines CBD with inflammation-fighting compounds like Arnica and vitamin B6 to give you the support you need where it matters most. And to make it even easier on you to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBDMD has to offer... They're offering all of our listeners 25% off your next order when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's cbdmd.com, promo code NBA for 25% off of your purchase at, of, of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. 
All right, Big V, let's, uh, let, let's talk about OG, shall we? You wrote about OG wonderfully today over at Raptors Republic, and uh, as I gathered there, you're going to be covering a different player's performance for all of these games leading up to the playoffs, which is quite exciting for Raptors fans and readers alike. Um, Vivek, OG was incredible last night. 23 points, 8 of 9 shooting, 4 boards, 2 steals. Uh, was in like literally a shot-for-shot duel with LeBron for a portion of the final quarter of this game as well hitting a couple threes in response to LeBron, hitting a pair of threes over him. Really the only time LeBron got much on OG in this entire game. Uh, what were your impressions of OG Ananobi? He seemed mighty leapish last night, I got to say. <laughs> that, if that's a word. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Um, no, I, I, I think he just was able to stick to all the main principles uh, that you need when it comes to just making life as difficult as possible for LeBron. And then, you know, you accept uh, whatever comes with that. If, if LeBron just has a ridiculous night, regardless, you just tip your hat. But uh, in terms of the process, he did everything you could possibly do when, you know, the way he was fighting over screens to stick with him, the way uh, he, he, he was holding his own in the post and, and contesting, the, the, you know, and, and then even, you know, on the perimeter, I think this was this was something that I thought was really important. Is you know you can't get too high up on LeBron because then he's just going to blow by you. That did happen a couple of times, uh, and that's going to happen when you're defending arguably the best player in the world. Arguably, uh, some would say the best player of all time. And so uh, I thought you know he left sort of enough room to go. LeBron into taking the outside shot at times, but also being able to contest it if he did decide to shoot it. And I think that was an important part of it. And yeah. And, and beyond that, I think, you know, we, we have to recognize that he had the players behind him to help complement what he was doing. The number of times Fred Van Vliet was able to show uh, and force the ball out of LeBron's hands uh, when he was right up at the free throw line, I thought that was huge. And then when you, again, when you've got Mark Gasol as a deterrent, when you've got Siakam defending Anthony Davis and uh, you have multiple actions between those two guys and uh, you're able to trust each other uh, to do what, you know, the, each one is assigned to do and, and hold each other accountable. I think that's a huge part of defense. And I think it all adds up to, OG just having a great night. And then the last thing, again, is making LeBron work defensively. LeBron clearly had, whether this was the Lakers game plan or his personal game plan, where they felt that they could just leave OG uh, wide open and, you know, just let him take those outside shots. They got punished for it. And OG has to keep doing that. When he's that wide open, he's got to shoot it with confidence. And he did it on that night. And, even even times where LeBron was sleeping, like you know, he loves to play free safety, and so uh, when he's sort of trying to cheat over and help uh, with rim protection or whatever it may be, whether it's him, uh, Ananobi cutting to the basket or just beating him down the floor, he's definitely got to look to do that. And all those things I think factor into you know keeping LeBron as quiet as possible uh, on the offensive end of the floor. Yeah. 
For sure. I mean, yeah, there are obviously going to be moments where LeBron does his thing, like when he hit those threes over him or like when he blew by OG a couple times here and there. But uh, for the most part, like the amount of work that OG and the Raptors made LeBron do last night and the amount of times they made him just get rid of the ball and send it to the maybe suspect supporting cast for the LA Lakers. I mean, we talked about this on Friday with Sabrina on the podcast about how sort of the Lakers are almost specially designed for the Raptors to torment defensively because they have kind of, you know, weak ass shooters around their, their, their two main guys. And I include sleeper cell Danny green in that Um, (laughs) just, just in the instance of when he's playing his beloved Raptors and he's actively going out of his way to miss shots on purpose. Um, You know, that applies too. And, you know, I I think if you're going to have, Marcus Morris attempting five threes in a game and you're going to have Kyle Kuzma attempting seven even though he hit three and you're going to have Dion Waiters taking six like I think you're totally fine with that same with Contavious Caldwell Pope like there's just so many guys on this Lakers team that I think you're okay leaving that I think the way the Raptors approach them and, and their sort of star killing defense really is set up to exploit that team and it's why I think of all the the other sort of big time contenders, the the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Bucks, I think the Lakers would be most susceptible to losing to the Raptors in a postseason matchup if they were to come across one another. Um, and I got to say, like last night, kind of gave me some pause as to whether or not the Lakers had the juice to get out of the West. Like the the lack of supporting cast is uh, very real. And Alex Caruso was like their third best player uh, last night after Davis and LeBron. Um, and that's not saying much, you know, Kyle Kuzma had 16 points. I, although I will say my favorite parts of this game outside of Kyle, you just dropping huge big balls, threes and OG doing his thing was, um, like the four or five instances in which Fred Van Vliet completely stonewalled Kuzma and like gave him <laughs> no shot, forced him to pick up his dribble at half court a couple times, uh, forced a couple turnovers. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a, a pleasure to watch as well from, from Fred Van Vliet, uh, continuing to be a monstrous defender. Um, on that note, I mean, you know, the defense in this game was excellent by and large. Any notes on it or just kind of like, yo, yeah, they picked up where they left off. They're an extremely good defense that rotates like maniacs and contests every corner three with a, a six foot nine freak lunging out to the corner. Like it's, you know, it's kind of exactly what we've grown accustomed to with this team, no? Yeah, I, I think the only note I would maybe say was uh, looking back on the game, uh, Serge Ibaka wasn't quite where he needed to be defensively. Right. I know he had a, he had a couple blocks uh, that were nice, but I think on the whole, uh, especially with the way LeBron was looking to get to the rim when Marcus All was out of the game, uh, I think uh, there's things that Ibaka can do better. Um, whether that's even a communication thing, because there were they, there were a couple of times where JaVale McGee had set a high screen, and Ibaka was just a bit too deep, and it gave LeBron sort of that runway to just get all the way to the bucket. Because once once he builds that head of steam, it's just really difficult. You kind of just hope he misses. Um, so things like that, you know. And again, I'm nitpicking when when you beat the Lakers as resoundingly as the Raptors did. Uh, you are pretty much going to be nitpicking when you're talking about the negatives. So, uh, yeah, that that's something that I, I'd signal at, at the end of the day with both Norm and Serge, if they're missing shots uh, that they usually take and they usually make, then you kind of live with it and just say it was an off night. But defensively, you know, I thought maybe uh, Serge was the only one who was a bit out of character. 
For sure. Um, well, actually, we're going to talk more about the bench in just a second because that is a thing I'm certainly interested in before we also get to Terrence Davis, another member of the bench who uh, had a not-so-great night due to nothing on the court whatsoever. Uh, but first, I want to tell people about rockauto.com. You guys know by now I am very dumb about cars. I don't know how much things are supposed to cost me. I just kind of let the mechanic tell me what I pay, and then I pay it, and then I get mad because I've spent too much money to fix my car. Rockauto.com helps with that because they let you pick out the parts that you want at the price that you want. They are a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything, engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, gas caps, new carpets, mufflers, all of the stuff you could possibly need for your car. It's there. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, you get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. If I can figure it out, you can figure it out, figure it out quickly. See all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professional and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box to the note we sent you as well amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you're ever going to need at rockauto.com the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Big V, let's talk a little bit about the bench. Uh, th- th- some hairy moments last night for the Raptors, mostly when some transitional units were on the floor. Norm Powell had a, a game that felt not at all in place with his 2019-20 season. Just 3 of 12, some tough finishing around the basket. Missed all four of his threes. Looked a little bit uncomfortable. It might have just been the fact that the rim protection for the Lakers is quite good and it was a one-off thing, but uh, looked a little bit off. Uh, again, not in line even with his scrimmage performances, so I'm not terribly worried there. Um, Serge Ibaka, just two of six, and you mentioned his defense was not terribly exciting in this one. Uh, Hollis Jefferson played just five minutes. Terrence Davis played just 13. And, you know, it just kind of felt like the bench couldn't get anything going. And, again, you got to keep in mind, this is a lot of transitional lineups. In particular, at the end of the third quarter, you had Fred and Siakam leading a lineup with, I believe, Norm, uh, Ibaka, and Davis, if I'm not mistaken. And that lineup yeah. gave up a 20 to nine run just before the break. Uh, then a different credit where it's due, a different bench lineup with Gasol out there with Fred and then OG, Matt Thomas, and Powell. That lineup uh, played pretty much even with the Lakers to start the fourth quarter and bought Kyle and Siakam a whole four and a half minutes uh, of, of break time before coming back in to uh, ice the game very, very quickly and, <laughs> and convincingly. Um, so, you know, mixed bag, obviously. I think the thing that was sort of the main topic of discussion on like Raptors internet last night was the sort of 
construction of those transitional lineups and what's the best sort of pairing to have out there? If you're going to stagger, you know, say a point guard and a big, is it going to be, are you going to, you to stagger like Fred with Siakam, Fred with Gasol, Lowry with Siakam, Lowry with Gasol. What's the proper sort of configuration of, of guard and big if you're going to build lineups around that? I'm just curious if you have any uh, overwhelming thoughts from exactly one game of meaningful basketball about the Raptors bench rotation and how Nick Nurse might tinker things going forward or maybe how he should take your things. Yeah, as far as the transitional units are concerned, I definitely think Fred needs to be tethered with uh, Marcus Gasol. Mm-hmm. I think that the offense, you know, the more it, it, it sort of permeates from Marcus Gasol's hands, the better, as opposed to Fred. Uh, I think we saw some issues there in terms of getting the offense going. So I think when Fred is maybe playing a bit more off ball uh, and, and Mark can, you know, sort of, orchestrate things I, th- I think that's better for the raptors and uh on the and the other reason you do that is so that you can play kyle lowry and serge Ibaka together and now i know they did play together but i i'd like to see more of that kyle uh, serge pick and roll action uh out of the gate and then sort of go to uh, other options uh it, and again this is you know getting back into the swing of things getting comfortable um you know, everyone's trying to get their touches and get a feel for the for competitive games again. Uh, but yeah, I, I think those those two tetherings uh, are the way I would go. What about you? Yeah, I think I'm with you. Like Gasol and Fred has always really worked as a tandem, going back to like literally Gasol's first game with the team uh, when he joined with the Knicks, uh, the Knicks game last year before Fred got hurt in that one. Like just yeah. the way they seem to work off each other works super well. Because I think, you know, it's not like a pick-and-roll dependent relationship, which I think Fred kind of struggles with sometimes. We've seen it with his, you know, chemistry with Serge, for example. You know, those little pocket passes are not the thing he's best at. And I think, you know, working in sort of a different type of big guard relationship is just kind of better for Fred. You know, Kyle could do it with anybody. And, you know, Kyle plus anyone will work no matter what. I, I just, I think, you know, the, the Gasol-Fred thing, it has made so much sense and works so well that I don't know why you would deviate from that if, if at all possible. Um, I also think like, you know, you're up against a very good defense yesterday. At times they were playing up against LeBron led lineups with that sort of ragtag mishmash crew. And you, you probably have to expect lesser results in those situations. And, you know, I'm sure if the game mattered more, if it was a crunch time moment, you wouldn't see LeBron kind of getting to run, run free without anyone to defend him or anything like that in a game that actually has real, compl- like, real implications and things like that. So I, right. I'm not terribly worried about the bench or anything. I mean, Ibaka and Powell have been nails all season long. And, you know, that you, you would think those two complement whatever tandem you have out there pretty well, considering their skills. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the like keeping Lowry with Ibaka and the Fred and Gasol duo is probably the way to go forward here, which was not the case last night. That's not how they rolled with it. Um, until the fourth quarter, but hey, that's uh, that's fine. You're working things through. I'm not going to get too upset about anything. Um, it was extremely nice to see uh, people getting very upset in like the second quarter of that game last night. It was <laughs> just like hell yeah, let's bring back the uh, the the angry online feelings that uh, tend to come with watching basketball. I was it made me feel alive once again. So that was cool <laughs> to see. Uh, we should probably finish off here, Big V. 
by talking about Terrence Davis, who this has been going on for like a week, I think, uh, what, like the first time this came out. And I'm not, honestly not sure that the tweet going around last night was a recent one or just a repurposing of the thing that was on his Instagram last week where he was sort of peddling some COVID-19 conspiracies saying that it's about uh, improving your immune system and not about wearing a mask and things like that. Some real Joe Rogan-ass shit um, that was being posted on Terrence's Instagram. This is obviously not great. We saw today, um, and sorry, in addition to that uh, photo, there was also a photo of uh, Terrence with a mask with a hole cut in the front, uh, which you know, may or may not be some sort of message he's trying to send. It's a dumb message if that's what it is. Um, and today there was a, a memo reissued to the entire league suggesting that players need to be wearing their masks, teams need to be reinforcing the importance of masks, and there could be suspensions if you're not doing so. And more than anything, we saw this with Michael Porter this past week as well. Like, it just is really a bad look to have someone who is inside this bubble that has been set up at great expense with lots of different moral ambiguities about its very existence inside a state where things are completely off the rails when it comes to the virus. And to have, you know, players, regardless of how big they are in their standing, you know, posting stuff like this that is clearly just wrong and inaccurate and dangerous it's not what you want. It kind of muddies all of the messaging that the league has been putting into, oh, this is extremely safe. We're taking every measure. If you have guys inside who are actively, you know, sort of speaking against all the protocols and the very reason why all the protocols are, are in place in the first place. Um, Vivek, my question for you is like, you've been in on these Zoom calls with the team. Has anybody asked about this at all? Uh, is, do you expect this to be something that's asked about the next time Nick Nurse is available? I know Terrence Davis is not as available as, you know, the sort of main guys on the team are um uh, with the same frequency but i'm just kind of curious is this come up whatsoever in the dealings with the media and the team over zoom no it, it hasn't come up yet um terrence davis has not been on the last few availabilities uh, i don't know if that's a coincidence or you know it's sort of realizing what's going on and uh all i can say is i hope that you know with Nick Nurse there and Masai there and Bobby Webster there, that there are conversations being had and that there is maybe some educating being done in terms of why Terrence Davis is wrong in this regard. You know, at the end of the day, I think we all know that <laughs> masks are helping protect not only ourselves, but the people around us, especially in enclosed spaces. I, I, I can get uh, that the evidence uh, when you're outdoors ha has plenty to show that you're pretty much safe. But I think in indoor spaces, it, 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 there really is nothing to be gained from not wearing a mask. So, you know, I hope Terrence Davis can come around on that. I, I think, you know, I think this is where maybe uh, these high level athletes are taking for granted the fact that their tests you know, even when people do test positive that they're being asymptomatic. We saw the tennis world, uh, the men show complete disregard for their, you know, asymptomatic test uh, results. And uh, again, at the end of the day, you need to send the right message. And for the majority of the people who aren't these fine-tuned athletes, uh, masks help. Masks are going to make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, you know, 21-year-olds who are super online post dumb shit and, you know, you hope that they learn from it. And 
I would hope and I would assume that the team has talked to him about it. Again, I'm not sure how recently that uh, that post was screen grabbed. And so I don't want to you know, say, oh, he did this yesterday before the game because I'm not sure. I don't know. He, it wasn't. Right. I've checked his, his story in the last 24 hours. Haven't seen anything. So you know, this might have been from last week that was just pulled. Um, and maybe he's been talked to about it since then. But. I, I would hope that it's a conversation that's going on with the team. And again, because the Raptors are so thoughtful about these types of things, I would assume that he's been pulled aside by Masai or Bobby and given a talking to. It's just, um, yeah, you can't have it, man. It's just, especially with everything going on outside of the bubble in Florida, to blatantly be you know peddling any sort of COVID or like anti-vax shit, like it just feels extremely tone deaf for a basketball season and tournament or whatever that we're calling it um, that, you know, has its own levels of tone deafness as well, regardless of how you know safe they've been there. There's just, there's a lot of sort of complexities to the entire thing. So um, hope he's being talked to about it. And I would, I would like to see him or at least someone within the team get asked about it, whether it's Nick nurse or Masai, his next availability and to see if there's been any sort of progress on talking to Terrence Davis about it, because um, you know, it might just be just sort of uninformed online posting, which again, all of us are guilty of at some point or another, I'm sure. Um, but it, it just, it's very irresponsible considering everything going on inside the league in the bubble right now. Um, it's disappointing to see uh, Vivek, any uh, final thoughts before we wrap this bad boy up? Um, no, not much. You can look forward to what I've been, uh, you know, with, with what I've started with this player breakdown that I hope to continue, not just through the seeding games, but the playoffs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, open to any feedback because it's obviously something new I'm trying. Um, and yeah, besides that, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M. Jacob. I'll have some content out for Complex Canada as well. Yeah, back to you. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I would uh, just say uh, before you kind of throw yourself back into basketball as well, a reminder that uh, the Black Lives Matter movement ain't going anywhere and the work still needs to be done. And uh, if you go last night, a bunch of Raptors writers, uh, reporters tweeted out a link to a, a great resource hub for if you're still looking for ways to be active and uh, or just to learn more, there's a lot of amazing resources in there. Makethismoment.carrd.co. Uh, highly recommend you go to that resource and uh, do what you can to continue and ensure that, you know, the, the messaging for Black Lives Matter is more important than any of these basketball games. And uh, making sure that's remembered throughout this, I think, is going to be an important thing that uh, we all have a responsibility to uphold. And with that, that's going to bring us to the end of today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back again on Tuesday morning, I believe, uh, as there's no point in doing a a Monday reaction podcast to the Lakers game, as I said. So this is your Monday podcast now on Sunday. And uh, the Heat game I'll be able to chat about on uh, Monday night after I get home from CEBL duty. So make sure you're tuning in there on CBC Gem if you want to watch that. Um, Raptors in the afternoon, CEBL in the evening. That sounds like a pretty damn good day to me a good way to solve your case of the Mondays. Uh, So yeah, we'll be back again on Tuesday talking about the Heat game and looking ahead to the rest of the week as the big game against the Celtics looms on Friday. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks to Big V for coming on. Uh, Again, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. We will talk to you again on Tuesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.